Welcome to Witch Talks, a series for spiritual seekers, witches, and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, an intuitive tarot reader, astrologer, and eclectic witch, and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favorite witches. Before we start today's episode, I want to share a lovely review of the podcast with you all. This one is titled Lovely Listening and comes in from Monkeys and Annas via Apple Podcasts. They say, an insightful and interesting podcast. I love listening and learning about all the different aspects of witchcraft and spirituality. Thank you so much, Monkeys and Annas, for your lovely review. It truly warms my heart when I read these. We have a very special guest today, but before I introduce him, I need to let you all know about a very special thing I've been cooking up in my cauldron. My course, The Art of Psychic Divination Level 1, is due for release in April 2022. This is a seven week live course. And trust me when I say there are very limited spots available. If you want to be the first to know all the details, you'll need to get on my waiting list. To do so, you can DM me on Instagram or send an email to suburbanwitchery at gmail.com. In this episode, I'm chatting with my darling husband, Ben, an expert in the field of all things being married to a witch. I'm so excited to share his wisdom with you all today. So let's get into it. He is joining us live via our couch in our living room. Hey, Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you here. Uh, Now, it's a big deal having you here on the show because you are a pretty private person generally and don't make a lot of appearances in my content and things like that. So would you like to start off by letting everyone know a little bit about you as much as you're comfortable? Well, I'm Ben. I'm Hannah's lovely husband. Uh, we've been married for a couple of years now. Um, met, I guess, 10 years ago. Um, so I'm in the Air Force. I've uh, been so for a bit over four years now. Um, yeah, grew up in Melbourne and yeah, that's about it. That's about it. That's you in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> what, are your, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? How do you enjoy your time? Uh, I have two children and a busy wife, so I don't have any hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> you have some. You're, oh, I'm going to answer for you. you uh, you're a watch aficionado. You like fancy watches. I like fancy watches. Yeah. Um, like trying to go out camping, forward driving, uh, going out and seeing new places, cooking, uh, which you are the beneficiary of more often than not. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. And at the moment, you're trying to start a sourdough starter up here in Queensland. Trying to redo my sourdough starter after I had to bin my last one uh, because you couldn't handle the sourdough when you were pregnant. I was pregnant. I couldn't handle the smell. I didn't like the taste, everything about it, which I can't even smell this one. So my smell, sense of smell must have been very intense. Because it was over, I remember it being overpowering and it stunk out the whole house and I just couldn't deal. So I made you throw it out. <laughs> All that hard work gone to waste. And now this one's having a bit of trouble getting off. Yeah, it's all this Queensland heat and humidity. The humidity. Yeah. Yep. You'll get there. I believe in you. Thank you. I know you can do it. All right, so obviously I know the answer to a lot of these questions. Well, I should, but we're going to ask as if I don't for the benefit of those listening out there in the universe. So first thing I want to start off with is what spiritual practices or religion were you brought up in? Uh, So growing up predominantly uh, raised Catholic. So I went to a Catholic primary school for those years Uh, and then, yeah, an all boys Catholic high school. Uh, So, yeah, we were taught by brothers, so like brothers of the Catholic Church um, at high school, um, as well as normal teachers as well. Um, and yeah, uh, with mum and dad and my brother when we were growing up, we'd um, yeah, go to church on the weekends. Um, I guess it was a, a big family thing that we were, we were raised up in. So uh, yeah, that's where what we grew up in. Uh, and then I guess as time went on and I guess as I was older, making my own decisions and I guess I moved away from that um Catholic religion, really, to more of a um, atheist, yeah, belief system. Mm-hmm. And did you go to church every weekend? I, th- for some reason, I thought it was like just Christmas and things like that. No, when we were younger, it was definitely yeah. 
Every weekend, goodness. Yeah, most weekends, if yeah, every weekend. So, Dad would Dad would speak. Um, like he was involved with the church as well. How did I not know that? He was, he was pretty involved. <laughs> yeah. I know he's. I know he's quite a spiritual, religious man now. But mm. I never knew he spoke at the church. Yeah. No, he did. Yeah, he got up and did like, not sermons, but I don't know what they're called. Um, I don't know. Testimony? I mean, like, no, I'm coming from evangelical. No, it's it's different. totally different. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, it's after the gospel. So the, the reading the gospel and then the um, priest would like ad lib. Uh, but then, yeah, dad would do some of that sometimes. Hmm. Hmm. Well, <laughs> We're all learning here. <laughs> all right. So, um, so obviously you didn't continue with those beliefs after you left the nest. Do you remember a specific point where it shifted or changed or you realized what you'd been taught wasn't fitting for you? I don't think there was one, like, watershed moment where it just kind of clicked that that's not what I did anymore. I never went... Oh, I think we went to church once of our own accord when we were over in Canada for Christmas. Our own accord? My own accord? Yeah. (laughs) It was early. I didn't want to wake up early. It was, what, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? It was Christmas Day, and I thought it was something that we had to do Mm. still. And I was... 21, yeah. I think. I think I was at 22. Time. I thought I was 22. And I still felt like at that point I was out of the church. I've been out of the church for years. But Christmas still felt for some reason like I had to do something or acknowledge it somehow. So I dragged you along to a church. It wasn't a church I'd ever been. What was it? It was an Anglican church. Anglican? Yeah. I can't remember. I had no idea what anyone was doing. It was totally different. I was bamboozled very out of the depth very out of my depth there was a little book you had to read from the book there was no singing and dancing it was was... lots of hand signs yeah it was more it was closer to catholicism it was yeah it was yeah yeah. so you were fine yeah somewhat (laughs) (laughs) i did kind of mumble my way through the uh call and responses and yes yes but i didn't know i wasn't used to that i did do a year of school catholic school uh, but I also mumbled my way through that, I had no idea what I was doing, and wagged a lot of that school. Is that a word in the US? Wagged? I... Played hooky? I don't know what that means. I don't think it's that. That's I took time off school, <laughs> unbeknownst to my teachers and my parents, a lot of that year, so I wasn't around for a lot of the maths and things like that, but when I was there, I was so out of my depth, I had no idea what was happening. But yes, we did. We went along to a church on Christmas Day. And that was the last time I willingly went to church. Yeah, it's probably, probably the last time that um, we went to church. We went to like one of those Christmas spectaculars. We went to a Christmas spectacular because at my old church, the one I grew up in and was kicked out of, because my stepbrother is still in that church and he was a part of the show. He told us he was a part of the show. I think he was just like stage production. Because I was expecting to see him in it, and he wasn't in it. But he wanted us to go along, so we went along in so, support. So we all went as a family. We so. did that twice. We went to two of them. Do we? Mm. Mm. I remember it was everyone's like your my dad grandparents, and stepped, yeah, stepmom, and yeah, grandparents, and family stuff. affair. Yeah. And we took our daughter. She was very little. Mm. She had a great time mm. with all the music. Mm. That was. I mean, it's, it's a evangelical. A Pentecostal church, so lots of singing, lots of dancing, so it was fun, uh, but of course then there was the call to the altar and the, the whole spiel at the end and requesting money, so... Which is very different to, like, the Catholic, like, church services mm-hmm. that, that we would have done as, as kids, where, you know, like, stations... Oh, that's Easter. Stations of the Cross, but, yeah. It's, like, Jesus and Mary and Joseph in the manger and nativity scenes and... Yeah, yeah we didn't have any of that. Yeah, no, it's all very stuffy it used to be when i was a child we would do uh christmas carols in the park and we'd go there and we would do the nativity scene like i would um dress up i think once i was an angel your ring is very loud on that cup (laughs) um i would dress up as an angel or the star or mary and things like that and we'd put on a play but that was when the church was a lot smaller yeah we did plays i was a sheep a sheep. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that because I used Dad's um, uh, denim jacket, but turned it inside out. 
because it was a sheepskin lining. So, <laughs> so, I, wore, so I wore that. It's very clever. Very is clever. that your idea or your mum's? I can't remember. It's probably your mum's. Probably, probably your mum's very clever. She is, yeah. All right, so here's a test. When did we meet? Uh, yeah, around about 10 years ago in Banff, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, whilst we were there. So I was there. My best friend at the time uh, working. Uh, Do you remember what month we met? December. Yeah, well done. Good job. I'm proud yeah, of you. Nailed it. And when did we start dating? When St. Patrick's Day. What's What month is that in? Hmm. March 17th. March, so sometime after that. Mm-hmm. April, let's say. Mm-hmm. March. <laughs> let's say April. Our first kiss was in March, and I counted from then because That's, we didn't see anyone else after that. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how any of that works. Works in my head. Anyway, <laughs> so what were your spiritual beliefs just prior to meeting me? Uh, I don't think I had any spiritual beliefs. Um, I think I was still... I probably still identified as Catholic probably back then so that was yeah I guess 10 years ago mm-hmm. um but just like a non-practicing non-practicing Catholic potentially um agnostic mm-hmm. probably going down that pathway at that time just it wasn't something that was a big part of my life then and I guess it, and like I said before like well, there was no watershed moment it was just a slow progression away from religion mm-hmm. you didn't have to practice. deconstruct like I did no no. <laughs> you went in a cult. <laughs> exactly. It was just, yeah, no, nothing like that. There was mm-hmm. no real indoctrination or, or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like it, in high school, religion class was was all right. Like they did somewhat um, encourage like free thinking and questioning and we would talk about ethics and morals and, and that sort of stuff. Which, I had that at, yeah. at my Catholic college as well, which was... It ended up being my favourite class. Uh, morals and ethics was my form of religious education. Whereas at my Christian school, that was prior to that. So I did from grade 7 to 10 at a Christian college, private, small Christian college. After we left the church, I moved to the Catholic school because bullying. And it was an eye-opener because the Christian college was just the Bible is literal. There is nothing outside of that. You cannot disagree with the bible or you are wrong and going to hell and they taught us creationism and evolution was evil and all of that so it was an indoctrina- indoctrination through school as well yeah which ours wasn't which yeah. ours definitely and like our religion classes were taught by brothers and like i remember classes we'd have with the headmaster who yeah was a brother of the um catholic church so um there are always some heated debates with some people but Mm-hmm. It, it was not discouraged. Yes. We had, in the ethics and morals class at the Catholic College, I remember they asked us what our opinion on abortion was. And, I mean, at that point I was freshly out of the church. So, of course, I said, it's wrong. And then there were people that were saying they thought it was fine. And I was like, what? You're allowed to have that opinion? That's not okay. Um, obviously, my opinion has now changed. I'm absolutely pro-choice. However... At the time, it was a real eye-opener just to see how Catholic education allowed differing points of views on morals and ethics. And they would say, this is what the the Catholic Church preaches, but we're here to have a discussion around it and what everyone believes and why they think that. And I think that was critical in me beginning the deconstruction process as well, which is really interesting. So do you think your beliefs have changed in the 10 years that we've been together? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've slowly, um, yeah, gone to an atheist point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess obviously being around you, living with you for these many years uh, and your belief system and you brought that into our home and foster that with the kids and us as well. So, yeah, they've definitely changed. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about us raising our children around witchcraft? Yeah. Absolutely fine. Like, it, it's not a cult, which is good. And just, like, the same as um, with the veganism and witchcraft and religion, we, we're giving them the tools and the information and the knowledge that they can make their own decisions uh, as they grow up. But that being said, like, it really resonates with Ray. Like, she loves it. Um, and it's, I guess, empowering them, like, things like 
intent, which is really powerful. So, like, moon rituals and putting down goals and intents and that sort of stuff uh, is, is fantastic. And even though it's labelled for under witchcraft in in our house, I guess, that on in the outside that stuff is, like, journaling. It's, um, yeah, putting... It's, um, what are they called? Vision, vision, vision boards. boards? Yeah, vision boards, exactly. Mm-hmm. Vision boards, journaling, um, putting down your intents. Goal writing. setting. Exactly, goal setting. So it's smart goals. It's it's whatever it is. It's labelled everywhere differently. But under this house, it's, I guess, it's labelled under witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So I have no problems at all with it. And you know, like I said, Ray really resonates with the, the nature side of things. And you know, she's always picking up Absolutely. feathers and flowers and, and the magic of stones. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I think is great for children to prolong... The view of the world as magical, and I view the world as magical. I think that's necessary to take care of it and feel connected. What little girl would not want to grow up with that? And we're yet to see with Toby, but we'll maybe, maybe. But we always give them the choice as well. So I never force her to do anything. If anything, she tries to force me. Mum, can we light yeah. another candle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's always going up to you, doing wanting to do more stuff. Mm-hmm. Can we do make a potion? Can do that. Yeah. Yes, she's she's very into it, which is great. Mm. Uh, but yeah, as I said, even with veganism as well, we always give her the choice. You know, this is what mummy chooses to to eat or not eat. And if you want to go and eat something else, that's totally up to you, darling. This is why I don't do it. But you can have a different opinion to me. I'm not forcing it onto her. And if anything, she's become stricter herself of her own accord. Mm. Yeah. So that's been interesting to watch. And I'm curious about your views of the afterlife being atheist. Do you believe that you die and that's it? You go into the ground? You're dead? Or cremated and dead? Yeah. I mean, I'll preface with this. uh, I I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. I really like the idea of soul groups. I think when you first mentioned that to me quite some years ago, that really made a lot of sense. Um... And I guess from a science and standpoint as well, like, no, you can't destroy energy. And, like, we are all uh, made up of billions of years old stuff that's been through the life cycle. So, like, I can imagine how that, that would work. So, I uh, yeah, I really like the idea of soul groups. And if anyone doesn't know what soul groups are, uh, it is to do with reincarnation. And it's the idea that we have a group of souls that consistently stay together in differing ways. So, for example, your mother might have been your child in a past life or your partner may have been your best friend and you just switch roles to learn different things and go through different trials and things like that. So that's part of that reasoning through reincarnation. Uh, Yes, absolutely, I believe in soul groups and reincarnation as well. But, yeah, reincarnation is very different to, I think, the atheist, general atheist idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, putting those labels on it, like atheist or witch or whatever, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, as with my like vegetarianism, veganism, I kind of pick and choose what fits and feels right, mm-hmm. rather than trying to like force myself into one bucket or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so you label yourself a flexitarian. Yeah, you go between vegetarian and veganism fluidly, which is fine. What's a word for that with spirituality? Flexituality. Flexiality? Work with me, Ben. Come on. No. <laughs> Flexiism? Uh, I, no. I don't, I don't think any of those people. We'll workshop We'll work on it. Yeah. Surely there is something there. There's got to be like a more flexible spiritual view, I'm sure. I just don't know what the name is. Uh, the curious thing about this as well is, in terms of your afterlife beliefs, has my mediumship development change that or challenge that hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely it has it's not something that i really believed in before you went through all that um and like the things that you come up with and yeah the can't really be explained um yeah i guess raises questions um but yeah, it's unexplainable mm-hmm. really a lot of a lot of those things um it's really interesting. It is really interesting and fascinating. Um, the things that come out from when you do the, the mediumship stuff. Mm-hmm. 
it surprised even myself mm. because I think as well when you see mediums on TV or when you see mediums in real life or whatever it is, there's always that underlying doubt and I think that's fostered by the media and things like that, that, oh, they've probably just, you know, Googled their name or they've probably looked them up on Facebook or they're just cold reading. But when you do it yourself and you know you haven't looked someone up, you know that you've never seen, heard, met this person ever before and I was doing my development via zoom calls so they were you know 10 or 15 people in this zoom call and we would all tune into one person who we'd never met and all you get is their name and you can see them on the video and they wave and that's it and then you have to do a reading from that and the things that I've pulled out which were super specific to the point of I'm seeing a sun and a moon circular tattoo on an arm and that was exactly the tattoo this person had or the exact death scene, which was quite horrifying. That was my first time tuning in yeah. with the lungs filling up with blood and vomiting out blood. And that was how they died. So those sorts of things I know, and it proved it to me that, of course, this is real. There's no other way. That's not a lucky guess. You can't just lucky guess that stuff. So that proved it to me. You know that I'm trustworthy and haven't gone and looked them up and... Um, I'd come out with my little diary where I'd written out and ticked what I got right and crossed what I got wrong and what I need to work on. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And I even did a reading for you, for your grandpa, for Gung Gung. Oh yeah. Yeah. You wanted Which, to test your mediumship skills. Yeah. Cause I hadn't done it in person. I'd only done it over zoom and you said, can you try it on me? And I was like, I guess so. <laughs> so that was, that was interesting. That was interesting. And I hadn't met him before and we don't really talk about him a lot. Or who he was or what he was like, hmm. aside from cooking. I mean, he died when I was pretty young, so. Yeah. Was I? Was uh, We've been 12, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so way before my time. Hmm. Mm. Yep. Very interesting. I interrupt your listening pleasure to ask you if you're enjoying this podcast. I ask because this series is a labor of love. And if you like what you're hearing, consider signing up as a Patreon supporter to see its continued success. Not only will you receive exclusive access to my private Facebook group, but also monthly live readings and moon ritual worksheets. Head over to patreon.com forward slash suburban witchery to sign up now. And now back to the show. Uh, now we do have some listener questions from my Patreon supporters. Uh, this one is from Warwick. Have you adopted any rituals for yourself? I think I've adopted any consistently. I think we, when we're over in Perth, so that was a couple of years ago now, probably two years ago, um, we were doing moon rituals probably every, every moon. Yeah. Yeah. We did that for a while. The new moon. Did you ever do the full moon, moon with me? Uh, probably. I'm sure you made me do some of those. <laughs> Grabbed uh, you by the hand and come with me. <laughs> which is what I, I kind of need that sometimes. But, uh, yeah, we did the new moon, um, rituals and cause we'd be in the car. Yeah. We just did them in the car. And for anyone looking at my new moon worksheets and things like that, you don't need to sit down and set aside time for it. Once you've done a couple, you get the gist of what those questions are going to be. I mean, each moon has a different affirmation that you can use and tarot reading at the end that you can use. But the gist of the actual ritual itself, we would just do it in the car. We'd be mm. driving along to, I think, the Perth Fair, the fate or the fair, the, the show, the show. And I remember being in the car and saying, oh, new moon just happened. Yeah, Quick, all right. Uh, what, are your, what are your five things you're grateful for? What are you, you know, intending to bring in? What do you wish for? Yeah. What do you... Yeah. manifesting yeah so yeah we do that pretty regularly mm. um yeah and like i said like you'd be like, oh let's do it right now <laughs> it's perfect the, timing <laughs> and it'd be like my own little personal meditation guide you'd be walking me through it step by step mm -hmm. so that was quite easy for me to do <laughs> with you just you know, <laughs> telling me what to do and how to do it and when to do it mm -hmm. um so that's what that's probably about all i've done the um, rituals yeah mm -hmm. what else um what about with like crystals and things or tea or any of that? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So like crystals, um, like I had, we bought that rainbow fluorite. Mm -hmm. That was a few years ago. For you to study for with? Me. Yeah, it was like a study thing. You chose that. Yeah. Um, lots of teas. So we always, we always have, we've got 101 different teas. Um, mm. So like a kitchen witching stuff. So it's not so much a ritual, but um, we... There's more magic to it now. I guess so. Yeah, mm -hmm. More intent, I think, mm -hmm. behind the teas. Intent and purpose, yeah. I would say, um, with what we buy and when we have them mm -hmm. and how we have them. 
Um, that. Uh, oh, the Sabbaths. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the solstices. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I guess that's. So, yeah, not me individually, but us as a family. That yeah. I guess we really try and put time aside uh, to honour those days and those times. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy it. I know you really enjoy our Yule or our winter solstice tradition that we've created as a family with our mulled wine. Mm, yes, that was good. That was that, really good. Yeah. And you joined in heavily with that. That's because it was cooking and it was <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. like it ticks all my boxes yeah so we spoke about it in the last episode with amy where i used this winter solstice candle or a yule candle and we would light it every night for the 13 days prior to the winter solstice at uh sunset and tell a little ghost story and ray loved that she loves ghost stories she loves ghost stories and so we would all sort of share a little story every day and then on the last day we let it go the whole night and we you made mulled wine and I used, I utilized the ingredients in the mulled wine to craft a little spell for us all and uh, set a little incantation over it as well. And she drank um, a non-alcoholic version before you put the alcohol in, mm. just with the spices and things, yeah. which was good. And then we had our own mum and dad version, mm. which was delicious. Oh my gosh, mulled wine is my favorite. It's so yum. So, yeah, I mean, it all, all the alcohol cooked off anyway. Yeah. I think when I made the like a syrup for it. It's fun. Yeah, she's fine. Um, yeah, that was that was really fun. The summer solstice, the last one gone, was a little bit more difficult as we were away. We were in Melbourne on holiday with your parents. Mm. Um, we had the candle there, but we didn't re- on the actual day. That was the day I came back from Queensland, so it was a little bit overshadowed by my nana being unwell and us not being in our normal space and being so close to Christmas, but. We still honoured it, but just not as much as the winter solstice. Mm. But those have been really fun to do together, mm. the sabbats and things. Yep, yeah, as a family. Yeah. I agree. Mm. Aurelia mm. really loves things like finding flowers for uh, our Astara altar and going out and finding blossoms and things like that. So yep. it's been good to incorporate those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Lamas, we made bread. We did make, well, I made bread. Yep. You made bread. Uh, made it was bread. delicious no, bread. Me, me and Ray made bread. So, Ray helped. Yeah, so we, we both helped and made bread for the family, which yeah. was great. Yeah. It was good. There's a nice traditions to have as a family. And, and you've been desperate for that, for having more traditions. Yeah, more um, family traditions. Yeah. I think it's something that you really, really want. I think traditions and rituals as a family they almost hold the family together and there's something you know we had a tradition growing up which was christmas eve was when we opened our presents with our family and we would do that at my grandparents house they were like the matriarch and patriarch of the family and it was just so special it was you know that's what we do it's christmas eve is our dutch christmas and that to me is a really solid memory it's a solid foundation to my upbringing and I think these will also craft that as well and it keeps us in tune with the cycles of nature it keeps us in tune with noticing what's happening outside when these sabbats come to pass I think it's nice mm-hmm. now Narelle has a couple of questions as well what is the most annoying part and the best part about living with a witch aka me yeah <laughs> we get that yeah um so uh, I've been kicked out of my office. Mm-hmm. So I, I no longer have a, an office because uh, that's just full of all your witchy accoutrements. Uh, so I have to do all my working from home on the kitchen table now. Which is a home business thing rather than a witchy thing. But my desk is now full of all herbs and spices <laughs> and candles and tarot cards. and. It would be a lovely well, place to work. Uh, if there was <laughs> any room to work. Um, that um, and you doing weird stuff uh, every now and then so like a couple of days ago walking out of the bathroom with what I thought was a jar of red cordial but <laughs> it was not red cordial it was not uh, not red cordial no I was fertilizing my plants with my menstrual blood which is a very ancient practice and might sound weird if you've never heard that sort of thing before and trust me the first time I did it I felt very odd The first time I heard about it, I was like, what is this craziness? But I've actually been on a bit of a journey with menstrual magic and feminine mysteries and women's mysteries and that sort of thing. And it 
feels right. It feels really, really spiritual to do that, to use something that your body is freely giving and give it back to the earth. And there is a very long history that goes back with doing that, but you have to dilute it just so you know. Uh, it does help if you're using reusable products, which is what I do. And then whilst I rinse them out, I just keep some of that water and go and put that on my plants and my plants are thriving. So we also are in a beautiful, warm, they're always thriving no matter where we live, <laughs> yeah. but it can be a really good way to connect back in with your cycle and the earth and honor the earth in that regard. So, uh, I'm sure I will do a proper podcast episode on that with someone I've got someone in mind to bring on, but we'll see if they agree. So stay tuned on that. But yes, I'm sure the first time you saw that and most times it's a bit odd. It's just odd. It's just like, <laughs> oh, that's just how. That's just what she's doing. Doing her thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the most annoying stuff. What about the best part? Um, I guess kind of like we already touched on a little bit, but um, just family stuff. Like we, those family traditions that, that we're creating, we're forming our own um, family traditions with Ray and, and Toby, and she loves them. And she mm-hmm. really loves having you as a, a witchy mum. She likes telling people that she's a witch and my mum's a witch. And She tells people I'm a witch in training. Yeah. <laughs> I've never said that to her. I don't know where she got that from, but she's just decided she's in training. <laughs> um, but then also, I guess, bringing that intent and ritualistic stuff into mm-hmm. the home. So, um, And like I said, outside it's cool. It's, it's manifesting, it's intent, it's vision boards, mm-hmm. it's smart goals, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I guess bring that into the home. What, a, what about good. for you when you're going through a tough time? Are there any benefits? Yeah, I even, yeah, for me, for friends, our friends, um, like you've been for. <laughs> you're, you're always, uh, oh. what's, what's that word? Pushing me out for services? Oh, all the time. I'm just pimping you out. Pimping anyway. me out. Yeah, <laughs> I always pimp you out. So, yeah. And like if I need questions or clarity or answers, I, I go to you mm-hmm. sometimes. So. I think it's a bit harder. I think the readings for me are a little bit different. and It is hard. It, it's always going to be harder for someone that you know intimately. It just what, like it's harder to read for yourself at times. And that's why a lot of readers go to someone else because we can get in front of our cards. And this is where it comes into play that it's really good to write down your readings and look back on them and see where you might've been getting in front of yourself and getting in your own way. Uh, but in that regard, still, I know that a lot of your friends, when they have a hard time, you're like, Call Hannah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just, come on yeah, over. You definitely love your time taken up with my friends after. Yeah, yeah, tell them to go talk to you and yeah, get some advice. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't believe in what you did, or if you wouldn't be able to give good advice. Mm-hmm. So it, and as I said to one of my friends the other day, it's just, it helps put words to what you're feeling and kind of give you more clarity. And and oftentimes people have those feelings that are all jumping up in their emotions, but they just kind of need. Validation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Validation and words to put it into, mm-hmm. I guess, to kind of express themselves. I guess the tarot and that sort of stuff helps with, mm. with that sort of stuff. I think also, and I've, I've done readings for a lot of people before, even my own friends who call me uh, last night was on the phone to one of my friends who's going through a tough time. And I think sometimes it can be the way that I listen because I'm holding space when, pe- when I'm with people. I'm holding space. I'm deeply listening and asking them questions that they hadn't thought of and almost moving through past all the emotions that are on top to get to the surface deeper level which is my Scorpio moon coming out and figuring out what's really holding them back or what the real issue is because oftentimes we think this is the issue but that's really just a symptom of a deeper issue so it can be just sort of peeling back those layers and helping them see clearer as to what's really going on why they're feeling stuck you know, that sort of thing. So, it's good. Mm. Yeah. I think the astrology helps as well sometimes, being able to show people where they've moved away from their authentic self as well, which life does to us. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yes. Yep. Cool. Okay. I'm glad you like all that. <laughs> uh, now, she also asked, and Narelle has also asked, how did you react to Hannah gravitating to this witchy life and what did you struggle with the most? I don't even remember when it happened. What was 
And you, you always do this to me. You always just make those like big life decisions and then just out of nowhere, you just pop up with them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, I, and I'm just always taken on the back foot. It's like, Ugh, okay. I keep things interesting. <sighs> you do you do like all this silence work in the background. and then I you just... research and research and just think about it for ages before coming to a decision. But And then you make that decision and then maybe I'm... like a month or two later, then I'm trying to figure out what's going on and I'm... I'm still back in, back there, and you've moved ahead, and I'm just left saying, "What's going I on?" I am working on on letting you know when I'm thinking about things. Now that's quite, we're very good with communication. Ben's told me that this has been an issue, <laughs> where I just I think eight years ago, eight years ago, when I turned around and said, "By the way, I'm vegetarian now," just like that, and you it, were like, "It wasn't even like what? that." You just started to stop. We were going to restaurants, or and then you wouldn't eat anything with meat, and you're like, "There's nothing on the menu," and I was like, "There is so much on the menu." pick something like i don't want to eat anything and i was like what are you doing <laughs> and you just silently gone vegetarian <laughs> but you hadn't told me and it was very very confusing yes well yeah and then the, anyway witchcraft i don't remember you probably do. i think witchcraft no it was it was a very slow progression mm. to even becoming and becoming comfortable you helped me a lot actually in becoming comfortable saying I am a witch and I think a lot of it was when you're like oh this is so witchy and that would give me a thrill to hear that it was witchy I was like oh I really like that but if I had said I'm a witch it was terrifying and that obviously was religious trauma but you were really supportive the whole way through of even when I said um, I'm thinking of buying a tarot deck because I have like a voice in my head telling me to buy a tarot deck and you said so buy a tarot deck and I said I can't a demon's gonna pop out (laughs) and you went so don't buy one. I went, but I think I need to. <laughs> and that went on yeah. for like a year, I reckon. Because, yeah, when did you really start getting witchy? Was it over in Perth? No, or... no. Wait, no. I had my business in Perth. I don't know. Way before that. No, the... That was, yeah, that was, I guess, yeah, starting a business. The start. very, very, very start was when I started tea leaf reading. Hmm. That was when I actively went, okay, I'm doing something witchy. Tea leaf reading. And that was back in Brunswick. Hmm. Yeah. 2014. Yeah, you had the little book, I remember, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'd you... started recording them and yeah. growing my own herbs and things for tea mm. and started using tea with intent and, oh, valerian can help me sleep and all this and learning all about the herbs and everything. Mm. You know, oh, you're feeling sick here. Let me give you a cinnamon and licorice tea. So it's been like six or seven years ago. At least. Yeah. In terms of actually taking action, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've done it a little bit before that and very interested in the paranormal and ghost hunting and tours and things like that. Yeah. That's another thing. Did that help craft your idea of like the afterlife? Because you've had some paranormal experiences along with me. Mm, I don't think it... I don't think Did it, it change anything? Not really. No? You mm. had a bed bloody vibrate underneath you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know what to make of all that. I don't know. I know what to make. It was ghosts, right. everyone. Okay, sure. It was ghosts. So um, I'm going to tell that story because it's really interesting. So the on our was it no it was our baby moon. We went to Louisiana on our baby moon. Well, it was actually a family holiday that I just happened to be pregnant at. So we <laughs> said it was a baby moon, and we we're in Louisiana and we stayed at the Myrtles Plantation, which is a very very well known haunted location, uh, one of the world's most haunted hotels. And you and I were in the only ground floor room, which was Colonel Bradford's room. And the first night, nothing happened to us. Something happened to my mum. She felt like she got pushed in the bed. And during the day, she had a nap. Mm. And she didn't. She told us. She didn't tell my brother. So she made him sleep in that bed. And he woke up to someone shoving his head into the pillow. And then when he freaked out thought maybe it was his imagination tried to go back to sleep and the same thing happened to his legs so much so that his legs bounced off the bed and he went no stuff this got up and slept on the couch and told us the next day and i was like because he was totally taunting me going you only booked it because it's haunted it's just a marketing gimmick ghosts aren't real and then that happened to him so i was like the next day i feel like he told us like months later no he told us the next morning on the way to Margaret's house Mm. We went to Miss Margaret. So, because uh, then I was like, well, mum did say this happened. And then he got angry at us for not uh, telling yeah, him. Haunted, yeah, <laughs> Why didn't you tell me I was in a haunted bed? Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, um, then that night, because we hadn't had anything happen, that night I was trying to sleep. Oh, no, I was asleep. And I felt our cat jump on the end of the bed. 
and kind of woke up a little bit. It was like, oh, yeah, she's at my feet. And then realized we didn't bring our cat with us to the United States. We don't have a cat here in this room. Something's on the end of the bed. And then I thought, oh, maybe, maybe Ben just moved and it's pulled the blankets tighter on my feet. And that's what I felt. So I kind of shuffled closer to you and just tried to get to sleep and then felt whatever it was move up to my knees and went, mm, that was, that was a bit unsettling. Ben didn't move because my feet are on him and I know he didn't move. Um, and I started to get a little bit of panic. So I grabbed my pillow and I got up and just walked out and I was like, don't look at the bed, don't look at the bed. And I went into the other room and sat there for a bit, but it became so intensely freezing cold. Like I couldn't stand it. It was freezing way more than what an air conditioner would do. And so I walked outside and it was 4am and just the change in temperature, my glasses immediately fogged up. So I know that it was actually physically cold in that room. And so I called a friend outside because Australia time difference, they were awake. And Ben had just proposed that day. So I think I was telling them about the proposal and all of that. And then Ben runs out of this room. Keeping in mind that you left me in the bed by myself <laughs> with obviously malevolent spirits. <laughs> and you could had, have been benevolent. And he had no, no regard for my safety whatsoever. <laughs> he thought he'll be fine. I'm going to go call other people outside. He'll deal with it by himself. You were what, sort of, what sort of ghost hunting partner are you? He's <laughs> the worst. He was sleeping so beautifully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bloody getting choked out by spirits. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you came running out. You burst out of the room. 4am into pitch darkness outside. Going, what are you doing? And, and I'm like, I'm on the phone. I can't talk. <laughs> and you raced over. And then I hung up and you told me that you'd woken up to the bed vibrating. I mean, not there. Yeah. What was, what, <laughs> what was a, a new fiancé to, to think? <laughs> Being in this oh. yeah, haunted mansion by himself yeah. at 4am in the morning. My, my new fiancé has been pregnant taken. Pregnant fiancé. Yeah, yeah. Pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> pregnant fiancé has been, been taken by spirits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was that was interesting. And um, this is a big, heavy-ass wooden four-poster bed. Like, old, heavy bed. And we still can't explain how it vibrated like that and you were not one to make stuff up mm, there was that other couple that was there that night as well yeah so we went we didn't go back to bed obviously and the night audit heard us outside and invited us into like the little cafe well, little eating was, dining room it was just like that yeah dining yeah. room that you sit at and got us a coffee and then at 6am the breakfast area opened so people started coming in and this couple walks in and said you know morning y'all that's my American accent and then you know how'd y'all sleep and we're like oh well it's very interesting. What about you? And they said, oh, we had a bit of a night. And then uh, they started to tell us that at around 4 a.m., which is when I got out of the bed, he said, no, he said when he went to bed, his wife went dead asleep. She was fine. She didn't experience anything. But he heard humming. Mm. Like, yeah, like a... Like children's humming, humming like, like a... Like a song. song like, like a... Mm-hmm. He said it was very, very... Creepy. Because they were staying in the nursery. They were staying in the nursery, which was directly above our room. And he said it continued. I'm, st- I'm getting the clairsentient goosebumps even telling this story. And he said it just continually got louder and louder until it was right next to his ear. And he'd searched this room. There were no, like, speakers or anything that he could find. And she didn't hear a thing. So he was barely sleeping. And then around 4 a.m. he felt something on the end of his bed and start to creep up closer and closer to his knees. And that's when I told him that I had felt something do the exact same thing, but I left the bed at about four. So it's almost like it went directly upstairs onto his bed for someone to interact with, whether it was a small child or a ghost cat, not sure, but very interesting to have that validation straight after as well from them of a very, very similar experience. So yeah, that's the Myrtles Hotel. That was fun. Type 2 fun. Not fun when you're doing it, but fun when you look back on it. I can't wait to go back. We are going back. 10-year anniversary. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you didn't really react to me gravitating towards the witchy life. Did, was, did anything give you, like, pause when I started doing it? Not really. I mean, it happened so gradually. It, was, it just kind of happened. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just... But I feel like it wasn't even like I started adding in witchy things. It was like I was peeling back layers that weren't me. Yeah. That's how it feels mm. to me. And you encouraged the whole way. You were really supportive. Mm. You are very supportive. Yeah. 
Thanks. And Narelle also asks, do you have any advice for muggles struggling or witches struggling to be fully out of the broom closet with their partners? Hmm. I guess that kind of, yeah, follows on from that, from her last question. It's, and for you, I guess I was peeling back layers yeah. um, and being your more authentic self. But then I guess just to me from the outside looking in, you were just adding stuff on to be your more authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I have no problem, absolutely no problems with you exploring those. Like you've always been like this. You've always got, not to say a fad, but you, you're always trying new and different things whether it be witchcraft or uh, like your painting and artwork or your pottery or gardening or what other. I have uh, lots of interests. Yeah. What other interests have you like gone fully into? You Travel? <laughs> I don't know. But stuff like that. And I've, I've, I've never discouraged you from exploring any of those things. It's my ninth house sign. I have to explore creative and, and then, shiny things yeah and like you've landed on on witchcraft um and yeah it's obviously resonated with you and it's something that you love and enjoy and it's i guess a way of life for mm. you so um yeah and i'm accepting of that and i i agree to accept you for everything that you are and do yeah mm-hmm. exactly and it, it is a part of you so i've got no problems at all just being more authentic self. But do you have advice for people whose husbands maybe or wives. wives, yeah, may not? Is there a word that's not husbands or wives? A gender neutral word? Spouse. There you go. Spouse. I was yeah. going to say like nibbling. <laughs> yeah, nibbling is a nephew or niece. That's... Um, uh, I think you just need to have an open conversation, uh, an open and frank dialogue between the two of you, and I think that's what. Like, we're pretty good with. We're good at communication. Yeah. Um, when you're not making decisions by yourself. I've worked on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you just need to have... And if someone's not accepting you for who you are or what you want to do, then I think you need to have a bigger conversation that goes mm-hmm. along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think if you're scared or afraid of opening up to your spouse about what you want to do and what you want to explore then obviously there's some deeper things that you need to to look at Mm. yeah i've never really had an issue telling anyone about who i am or what i do except for those in the church Mm. so i've got i've got a very very dear friend of mine um bridesmaid in our wedding still very much in the church i love her to pieces and i remember trying to tell her you know three years ago when I opened my business because I'd kept it all under wraps until then because no one had to know, right? I wasn't doing anything publicly. I could read tarot. I could um, read tarot for people online and no one ever had to know about it. I could explore and do all the witchy stuff and just pack it all away when they came over. But when I pursued it as a business, it was out in the open. I thought, I've got to tell her. It took me months, months to actually tell her. Many months, if not To work up to it because I thought... I thought I would lose a friend. I was certain because, you know, the Bible, Christianity, all of that. And I remember I sent her just a message because I couldn't actually say it. And then she left it on red for like a day. It was nerve wracking as all hell. And she responded with, I'm so proud of you for opening your own business. That's a really big step. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's supporting. Oh my goodness. And whilst we don't talk about it, she doesn't really want to hear about the tarot stuff or definitely not mediumship. I don't know if she knows I do the medium stuff, but Mm. um, she is supportive of the fact that I have a business. She knows I run a podcast. Uh, She knows I have a big social media following. So she's, she knows I've written a kid's witchy book. Like she knows about all of it and is still one of my best friends. And I think that is a sign of a true Christian. Absolutely. I'm very thankful. But I was petrified telling her. Um, but in terms of like my... I was a little funny around my dad. But more so because he's like, oh, it's all a scam. And I was like, alright, whatever. And he's similar. I talk about business stuff and facts and figures and money. But I don't really talk about what I'm doing. Mm. Well, because like... And yeah, like your witchcraft doesn't... It doesn't contradict any of my belief systems or, or anything yeah. like that. So it's not something that I have to... I don't have any distance between the the two mm-hmm. or else 
I guess the your main rub point with those people is that it's Christianity. It says it's evil and that we should be stoned yeah, to death. <laughs> exactly. And where else I don't yeah believe any of that. So. Yes. Which and if you actually look into the Bible, witchcraft is not the accurate uh, translation for the word. It was pharmakeia. Pharmakeia actually translates from Greek, from the Greek translation, into pharmacist, and it was referring more to herbs that change one's mindset and that that was wrong and people that do that so using herbs and what we now call medicine um was wrong so if people have an issue with witchcraft really it's with their pharmacists which is your mother yeah yeah, (laughs) mum's in a bit of a strife then isn't she (laughs) yeah so it's an incorrect translation in the bible but christians are not ready for that conversation Mm. Mm. that's awkward yes yeah (laughs) but that's part of my deconstructing and you know Everyone will get to that path when they're ready, if they're ready. And nothing against Christianity and Christian witches are totally a thing. So, just get yeah. that out there. Well, I guess if they want to be, if the witches are struggling to be fully out of the closet with their partners, then I guess maybe kind of do what Hannah does and just kind of introduce things one at a time. <laughs> Slowly. Like, yeah, maybe like a crystal here or there. Yeah, she's, um, I remember when I, before I was, she knew about it, and my, my friend we were talking about before, before I told her any of that, she saw me wearing a crystal necklace and I remember she asked me, oh, what does that one do? Like she knew that I was wearing it for a reason. Mm. So, so slowly integrate it. So you're like yeah. crystals and then... Crystals are the gateway drug. Oh, 100%. And then <laughs> candles. It's crystals and candles. Yeah. That'll do you. That'll do you in. Yeah. Um, candles and then before you know it, you'll be doing menstrual blood magic <laughs> in your, under the full moon in your garden. It's <laughs> as easy as that. <laughs> It's a slippery slope. It is, a, <laughs> yeah, it is a slippery slope. Now, if anyone listening would like the opportunity to submit questions for future guests, all you need to do is sign up as a Patreon supporter. We have tiers starting at $5 all the way up to higher level tiers for one-on-one mentoring. And you do get to be a part of my Facebook group where I do let you know in advance when and who I have coming onto the podcast. And you can submit your questions to be asked on the show live like this. So there we go. That's pretty much all the questions for today. Thank you very much, Ben, for joining me on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's nice having an in-person podcast as well. But you get to cuddle up. I get to snuggle up. I don't get to snuggle up with all my guests. Like that's. Please don't. Bit different. (laughs) (laughs) With your other guests. Well, they might be cuddly. Maybe. Might be cuddlers. That's fine. Um, But yes. So any anything you want to say before we go? I reckon that's a bit. That's about it. Yep. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. If you do uh, if you do have a chance to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the absolute world to me. It really, really helps rank and put us into the charts, and I would very much appreciate it, and I do a little happy dance every time I get one. Uh, look forward to hearing from you, and I'll chat to you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>